Hey everyone, and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter. That is Tara. Yum, yum. <laughs> You're going to have to explain that. Out of context, that sounds really weird. That's from the season finale of Star Trek Discovery. Because... I don't know if it sounds like you're saying yum yum to me or you're saying it because I introduced you and you're like, yes, I'm yum yum. I don't know which I'm way. I'm yum yum. Yeah. Oh, th- thanks for specifying. Great. Great. <laughs> uh, so we talk about sci-fi movies on this show. And on this episode, we're going to be looking at Dark City, the Alex Proyas film from 1998. We watched the director's cut. Um, we'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers. Uh, Tara, remind me, had you seen this before? Yes. I've seen it many times. Um, admittedly, only the theatrical cut, though. This is my first time watching the director's cut. That's good, because I don't think I've ever seen the theatrical cut. Um, and what's funny is, you know, yesterday when you went to watch it, you sent me a message saying, oh, we're watching the theatrical cut of the director's cut, and I hadn't thought about it. And I said, mm-hmm. well, the director's cut, because I'm pretty sure that's the one I've seen, and I think that's the one that you're meant to watch. I looked it up I today. Think a, I think it's better. That's the thing. I looked it up today. Apparently, it's a fifty-fifty thing. Some people think the pacing is better in the theatrical cut, and it's, it's so. There's actually some. So I'm glad you've seen the theatrical cut, so you can have an opinion on the differences because I've never seen the theatrical cut. So there's only one major difference, and then the rest is just little things here. Or there. Just little, like some scenes are just a bit longer. Yeah, which could influence the pacing. Yeah, because uh, Prius uh, notoriously tends to have a lot of difficulty with studios when he's making his movies. The Crow he had a lot of problems with, of course, um, and then he had problems with um, iRobot. I think he had a, a, a rough time making. So, mm. uh, so yeah, so that's, this is who made The Crow and made iRobot and then went on to be, uh, make Knowing, starring Nicolas Cage, which I've never seen, uh, but it is sci-fi. Is sci-fi? Yeah, it is. Okay. It's definitely we sci-fi. Add it to the list. We should. <laughs> Actually, but- I don't think I've seen any of Alex Prius other works i think this is the only one uh well they're pretty much also i mean the crow isn't but like i robot and knowing are definitely both sci-fi so mm. we'll get to them we'll get to them uh what what is notable though is you know it's been a while since i'd seen this i didn't, I didn't remember it that i remember how it ended but i didn't remember a lot of the details i did not remember that william hurt was in this which made me laugh because <laughs> we just did a william hurt movie last week so that was unintentional but here he is yeah we should do lost in space next week and do the complete trilogy of William Hurt. <laughs> Joe, I remember from Lost in Space, I remember him saying, I love you, wife. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember the stupid monkey. Oh, yeah, yeah, That was yeah. like CGI, but it wasn't ready. Actually, I think it came out the same year as Dark City. You may be right, actually. I think you're right. I think it was 98. If it wasn't 98, it may have been 99, but it was around the same time. Two very different quality... <laughs> science fiction movies with William Hurt. <laughs> I love you, wife. I mean, do you know what bugs me about that line of dialogue? It's a really stupid line, but it could work with the right delivery, right? And I'm not blaming William. William Hurt's a fine actor. I don't think he's a bad actor. But I don't think he yeah. was directed to give that the sense of humour that I think you have to deliver that line with. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I don't remember William Hurt being that great in it either. Yeah. <laughs> Like I feel like I don't know. Like I feel like I feel like if it's if it's if it's set up as a running joke where he always just refers to his wife and that's kind of like a like a pet thing they have with each other that he just kind of jokingly says, "Hey, wife," <laughs> like, and then maybe the "I love you" wife would be sweet because it's like set up that this is part of the character. Uh, sure. As Tara's uh, 
<laughs> sabotage. <laughs> sabotage from a kitty cat. No. <laughs> so. <I'm back. laughs> right. So we're not here to talk about Lost in Space, though. We're here to talk about Dark City. Um, that's right. That's Lost in Space will be later. So I feel like the spoiler-free section of this is probably going to be quite short, just because so much of the plot is full-on spoilers. <laughs> Hi, Foxy. Um, <laughs> the cat has moved on from me. <laughs> Dear, I, did, I did some captions for Tara uh, on a Twilight Zone review recently and there was a moment there when she was looking over I'm like, that's a caption moment I could put some funny captions under her face there um, mm-hmm. so Dark City is about this character named John Murdoch who wakes up with amnesia, he can't remember anything and there's creepy people, bald people with hats hunting him down we have yeah, men in black. We have oh, chaos is <laughs> happening. A lot going on over here. We have Kifa Sullivan as this kind of like squirmy doctor, <laughs> and you'll actually you'll notice that for anyone who who saw the episode five review of Twilight Zone, where Tara we don't need, like, to, ever... where, no, where we don't need to bring that up. Where Tara freaked out when she was left on her own. I want you to notice how I got excited there to show how confident I was that I was left <laughs> on my own. Comparison. Joe, I love I love that the first five minutes of this has been an absolute shambles where everything's been interrupted by something, mostly your pets. Which they've been fine for like two hours, yeah. Which makes a difference for my pets interrupt. I mean my cats usually are the ones causing chaos. Yeah, your cats don't bark. Oh we got They're all asleep. We got, I got Wesker on the couch behind me. I got Garris on the bed. He's got the whole double bed to himself. He's just hogging it. And then Firefly is asleep behind the monitor with the cameras. So if the camera moves at any point, it's because he's kicking it in his sleep, which he has been known to do from time to time. Adorable. Yeah. So, okay, that's the pet updates. Uh, fun. That's the pet portion of the podcast completed. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's really not up to us. Um, I will say uh, we do actually have like a mini fun segment at the end we're adding on this week that we might not do every week, but we do have a fun little segment at the end. Okay, I guess we're doing it. That's that's cool. We talked about this. I'm not just pulling this out of nowhere. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. I, I don't remember we agreed to it, but that's fine. <laughs> do you not want to do it? No, we have to. <laughs> that does not answer my we question. Have, <laughs> we have to now. I can edit that part out if, if you said, no, Peter, we're not doing that. How dare you? We are doing this. <laughs> okay. I thought you'd be excited. I thought I was doing something nice. Of course I am. It's a great thing. (laughs) Make sure you stay to the end. Oh my god. I feel like I feel like there was a point where people started saying me and Connor were acting like a married couple. I feel like we're on the precipice (laughs) of hitting that that level. Yeah, we've been doing this for a few weeks now, so we'll see. The honeymoon stage is over. Yes. Yeah, you should, you should have heard it before we started. The insults were flying thick and fast. I was I was basically <laughs> under abuse. Anyway, if we could finally talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Dark so, City. Dark City. So, Carter wakes up. He's, he's on the run from these mysterious figures. Kiefer Sullivan seems to know more than he's letting on. And he's this weird doctor who's working with the bad guys. William Hurt plays a detective. Jennifer Connelly plays uh, Murdoch's wife, Emma. And it... I feel like that's all I can say, and spoiler free, because as, as soon as they start to reveal like things that can happen in the city, it starts to be like, whoa, that, like where's this going, right? It's like a wild ride of like, where is this thing? What is what's going on? Yeah, 
He wakes up at midnight, which is key. Mm-hmm. Or I guess I, I, I'm assuming it's midnight because it's dark outside, but I guess it can't be noon. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a recurring clock theme in the movie, and there's midnight's an important time in the movie, so I, I think it makes sense that this is right after midnight when he when he wakes up. Yeah. So does it go from midnight to midnight? The the cycle? I guess so. Yes. I feel like I can't answer that properly in spoiler free territory, so I'm going to abstain for now. <laughs> okay um well what what is spoiler free then like anything in the beginning <laughs> we, we, they, they kind of go into stuff pretty quickly yeah he's got amnesia and he's, he's he's searching for clues he's being chased honestly that's all i'd say in spoiler free i think other than that we can talk about performances if we liked it or not we can talk about music we can talk about cinematography we can talk about all these it is beautiful it's probably one of the better looking movies we're going to watch it, it does have a very distinct visual style. It's got a lot of miniatures for the city, which I kind of miss those. Uh, it's got a really distinct yeah. sort of grungy 90s look to it, which I do quite like. Uh, I think the yeah. visuals are one of the best part of the movie. Oh, yeah. I agree. Mm. The um, Some of the CGI doesn't really hold up very well. Oh, no. <laughs> Not at all. Uh-uh. But, you know, it was the same year that the CGI monkey on <laughs> Lost in Space, and compared to that, it's pretty great. <laughs> how have you brought up lost in space like i mean i think i brought up the first time actually i think that was me or was it you i don't know because we brought we'll talk about william hart yeah it was you so you've brought up lost in space twice somehow <laughs> i mean i was a fan as a kid <laughs> sadly i think i probably was too um mm. and then i saw it maybe in my my later teens and well it gave the world heather graham yeah i guess <laughs> it was a big deal <laughs> Did she do a whole lot though? I feel like she was in the second Austin Powers and was, Oh maybe. Maybe that was, that was about, it. That was about I don't know. Weird. I, I think that might have come later. Okay. Any case, yes, Austin the visuals did. are great. <laughs> the visuals are great. Um the score was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it was very fast paced. I will I will I'll ask the question since we're getting into just general what was good and what's not tara did you enjoy dark city <laughs> yes i still enjoy the movie mm. you can return the question if you want I mean, did you enjoy it um thank you for asking tara so thoughtful um <laughs> i i like dark city i don't love it i have i have qualms <laughs> i have i have right, critiques right. i have I feel like Alex Proyas as a director is a director where I I really want to like him because I feel like he likes a lot of the ideas that I like, but he somehow always just falls short of delivering exactly what I want from his movies. That there's always just something that doesn't quite work or doesn't quite sit right. Um, okay. And I feel well, like he's the only one I've seen from him, but I hmm. feel similar about other directors. Ridley Scott. <laughs> Even though Ridley Scott has some masterpieces. Yeah, I, f- I feel like Ridley Scott's more like one in five movies is a goddamn ten, and then the other four are trash. Like that. That's yeah. Ridley Scott. Or just so disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, trust me, I saw Alien Covenant in the theaters. I I, I have regrets. <laughs> yeah, and the acting overall is pretty good. Uh, I I'm confused by Donald Sutherland or Kiefer Sutherland. Excuse me. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland's choice. He seems like he like was running laps before every shot. 
He's just always out of breath. Yeah, he's always out of breath. He's always limping. I wonder if he's just kind of slightly miscast for this. Maybe it's just because we think of him as like Jack Bauer action hero now, but... Maybe. Um, although when I watched it, I didn't... I never really watched 24, but... I don't know. He, he could be. He had some character characterizations that he didn't really stick with they kind of disappeared like he had like this quirk with his mouth that kind of went away halfway through and came back later mm. um yeah he kind of stands out a bit but he's also given some of the worst dialogue like he does a lot of the exposition dumps yeah. he, he gives all the <laughs> exposition dumps like every, every time he opens his mouth it's like here's the exposition which is almost one of my yeah. my biggest problems with the film is that i feel like it tries to over explain everything too much maybe Oh, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I feel like because yeah, we're in spoiler free. Well, we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah. like, I I think my biggest problems with the film is it over explains everything a little bit too much. I think it's actually too quickly paced. Uh, bizarrely, it, every shot is like two seconds. Yeah, and then it, it goes it, like the cuts are so quick because because the opening scene, which we I mean I think we can talk about this. You know, he wakes up, he's in a bathtub, uh, the light the, you know is swinging above him and he wakes up and he's slowly realizing who he is he, he finds his clothes he finds like a suitcase he finds you know these different things and in the apartment or the, it's a hotel i'm sorry and like i felt like okay let me sink into this world let, let me like feel what he's feeling in this scene but it, it races through it so quickly and i feel like that was kind of a continuing thing throughout the film where sometimes i wish mm-hmm. it just slowed down and let it let me soak in the atmosphere because there's a lot of atmosphere here but it's, it's almost like it's too scared to like slow down and let the audience just sort of sink into it yeah, I mean, that's clearly a, a decision that they wanted to make to keep mm. the pacing going. Just every every edit is no longer than like two seconds. And even the music reflects it too. The music's always mm. building up for towards something. And I, I kind of I kind of wish it went for a slower pace because I think its influences are very clear. There's some Metropolis in here. I don't know if you've seen Metropolis. I haven't. Uh, I've seen clips of it though. Yeah, you're familiar with it. And yes, yeah. I, it yeah, it does look like Metropolis. There's a it looks little, like a sequel. <laughs> there's a little bit, dare I say it, two thousand and one, a Space Odyssey in here. Thematically. Maybe. <laughs> I just You're brought convince me on that one. Yeah, I brought up Tower's <laughs> favorite movie. I'm gonna to have to convince her that we get spoilers. Um you know, you can you can see its influences in the thing that I think those movies have, especially two thousand one. Two thousand one lets everything soak in. You feel the mood, the atmosphere, every single shot. Yeah um and, every yeah every shot in 2001 is like we're gonna stay here for a while so you can really soak in how beautiful this is yeah yeah and, and this is a beautiful movie but it just goes 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 and maybe it's a taste thing partly where i just i prefer slower paced cinematography i just prefer it to, to quick quick mm-hmm. quick chop 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 kind of kind of editing um I, yeah i'll say that i noticed it clearly in the beginning i'm like well this is really mm. fast editing but by the end i kind of i guess i just settled into it you got used to it. I didn't notice it as much. And I know that it was still happening, but I guess I just got used to it. And the other main criticism I'd have, just kind of, again, spoiler free, would be that I I feel like it it wants to be this thoughtful film that poses all these ideas, because there's a lot of big ideas in this, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And it 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 goes to this place, there's a big reveal towards the end, there's all these things going on. I feel like it would benefit from being a slower film, because I think one of the problems it has is that it feels the need to turn into like a, a more mainstream action movie like every so often to to and not just yeah, be a thought it even has a oh i'm not gonna say it <laughs> but you're right yeah there's even a trope that comes up at the end <laughs> yes there is and 
like and the last act is like full of like all this cg action and it feels like kind of like not what i wanted from these ideas this this movie you know it feels like no we're we're doing a superhero movie before superhero movies were big <laughs> kind of thing yeah i do kind of have that issue also with the main character um, mm. he's you know has this thing that seems that doesn't really get explained and everything else is so explained. I kind of wanted a bit more of an explanation for it because it is so out there, but we don't get that. So we just kind of have to accept it and hope that the story that it's telling will be worth it. Because I, I almost wish, because it started like, because there's a kind of a, what they, you know, WTF moment, like maybe 20 minutes in and it's like, Oh, what's that? And I almost wish I felt that more about everything that's going on, but it like cuts to like a location where the villains are, like their like base at some point quite early on. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it did that, they kind of lost some of their mystique because it, it felt more like a. And that, this may sound harsh, and I don't mean it to be harsh. It felt kind of like a Doctor Who episode, almost when it cut to the, the villains <laughs> in their lair. I can see that. Yeah, I was getting kind of that vibe, but I was like, basically, I guess what I'm saying is, is despite the fact that this is kind of a dark, you know, no pun intended, it's a dark film. Uh, you know, almost the whole film takes place at night. Um, and yeah. the ideas that it's posing are kind of lofty, but it it almost feels like a, a, a kind of cheesy version of it, just in, just because it is so catering to mainstream action beats and because it's catering to this really quick editing style. If it slowed down and let me kind of like take it, because these ideas are ideas I love. This like if you give me this movie directed by David Lynch, I I I will be like nerdgasming all over it. I, I will oh, be like yeah. sitting talking about philosophy and talking about what things mean and the meaning of life and the man versus God <laughs> and all these things. And I feel like that's what the movie wants to be. And it, it brings these themes into it, but it never just lets it be that. It has to be like, no, here's your CG action sequence with, you know, things flying through the air and beams of light yeah. and shit. <laughs> I did. I mean, I, you mentioned Doctor Who in the look of the of the villains i did kind of like the look of the villains though that kid was super creepy the, the kid was creepy I, I think i think it's this weird thing where i almost feel like they're from a different movie um where at least what i want from what the ideas that it's posing like, i almost w- wish they were more ethereal and more kind of like not seen but like spoken of kind of thing okay whereas because you see them in the first like five minutes like they, 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 yeah. they pop up and they're like this little you know trip walking in with their, their coats and their hats and I, I almost wish there was more like mystery and build up uh, to it. Or at least if you didn't see them in their lair. Sure, right yeah. Like if they were just these mysterious figures in black, that would be something I think mm. still separate separate from that. So you can you can still see them as a bit ethereal, but once you see them in their lair, they yeah, I I agree. I don't want to say more without spoiling it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that you said it more positive to me when we first started talking about uh, what, how we felt, but I feel like, well, I feel like I think I... the complaints that you have are the same ones that I'm going to have, but mm. I still overall enjoy the movie. No, I mean, I still like it overall, but it's it's, it's a bit more lukewarm than I think I'd like to. Like, I, I remember like watching this for the first time and like I'd heard like, you know, it's, it's a cult movie, people love it, and I was like, you know, I got excited. Yeah, it was Roger Ebert's like movie of the year, I remember that. Yeah, he, he, he's all over the extras on the blurry like he's got a commentary, track. commentary for yeah. it. i was very surprised by that i didn't he's... listen to it but i saw it there like roger ebert like i knew he loved the movie because i remember watching cisco and ebert and he gave it the movie of the year and that's why i liked it so much too as a kid because roger ebert said i should 
<laughs> yeah, no, he he loves it, and you know, I I watched like the because there's, there's like a ninety minute documentary on the the Blu-ray that they're making of, mm-hmm. and he's there at the start of it, like talking about why he loves it so much. And I I didn't watch all of it; I didn't have time, but I watched the first like five minutes just to like get a sense of 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 just where it was going. Um, I'll have to watch it at some point because even when I don't love the movie, sometimes like just seeing the work that goes into it, it's like making movies is hard, right? <laughs> it really right. is. There's yeah. a lot going on, uh, so you can still respect the effort that was put in usually. Um, it's funny actually because one of the, the writers on this, uh, I'll just double check I'm right here, but I think I am. Uh, Goyer? Yeah, Goyer, David Goyer. The the man who went on to, I mean, to be fair, he did work on the Nolan Bat trilogy, uh, although he had Nolan co-writing, like sort of lifting him up. But he also yeah, went he on. Yeah, he begins, right? Yeah, he also went on to co-write, uh, or maybe even entirely write Man of Steel, uh, and then did, wow. then worked on Batman v Superman, I'm sure. So. I can definitely see some Goyerisms in this movie, uh, because I can see some action superhero movies in this movie. Absolutely, because I, I think one of the, one of the complaints I had is that it gets a bit too. Because one of the things I'd say about Man of Steel actually is that it, it presents all these ideas and then doesn't really know what to do with them in the last act. It just turns into a big action sequence, and I don't think this is as guilty of that, but it's definitely got shades of that kind of, yeah. you know. So it's in, it's interesting. It, I, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm seeing more Man of Steel in this movie than I think I'd like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a prototype for that, but yeah. it's a uh, it's still the main theme that's running throughout the movie. I I do really like still, and it is a cool sci-fi movie that's different from. Well, actually, there is a lot of similarities to The Matrix, which is a better movie. Which came out it a year came later. Out like a year yeah. after, which is a bit unfortunate um, for this movie, because I think this movie would have been um, more well-received <laughs> mm. if it could, wasn't compared to The Matrix right after. But anyway, I think it's a, I do think it's still worth watching. I think it's still a good sci-fi film um, with some issues. Yeah, I, it's funny actually because there's another movie around this time that gets a lot of cult praise that I don't like that much, and that's uh, Event Horizon. I'm not a big oh yeah, I'm not a big fan of that one. I'm sure we'll do that at some point because you know I, I I saw it in the theaters. Um, I think that was like '97. Yeah, I saw that in the movie theaters, and I remember being very scared by it because I wasn't expecting a horror movie. I was expecting a science fiction movie, mm. um, with the guy from Jurassic Park in it. So. I don't know if I like it or not. I can't remember. Sam Neill, I think you'll find, is uh, the actor. <laughs> He's the guy from Jurassic Park. He's Alan Grant. Doesn't like kids. <laughs> Doesn't like kids. Go, ahead, go, 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 go ride with your sister, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Stop nah. bringing up better science fiction movies. <laughs> I know I should stop doing that sooner. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there is comparison to make with The Matrix. Uh, I, I think if you want to compare it to The Matrix, and I know you said it's a shame that we have to, but I, I think just before I get into the plot and get into it, I, I would just say that The Matrix, again, has very lofty ideas. this very complex, you know, concept for, I think, mainstream moviegoers. But I think Matrix does a much better job of making it mysterious, interesting, and then ultimately explaining it without over-explaining it by the end. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, it, it packages the information in a more yes. digestible, but yet more interesting way. This, I think this, this does. movie does not trust its audience to figure out what's going on. No, it doesn't. And especially in the theatrical cut, because the if you watch the theatrical cut, it starts with a voiceover which tells you exactly what to expect. And it's very unfortunate. 
Yeah, they also get spoils like a couple of things in that as well, right? Like there's a couple of straight yeah. out spoilers in that opening and narration. I, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a weird one because like, I can I kind of watch this and view it as like a really like worthwhile attempt at what it is, but not one that I like kind of love and want to revisit that much. Mm-hmm. You know, on its own merit. I do I do think it'd be worth looking into the bonus features on the Blu-ray though. I, I am still curious. I I do like the movie enough to to want to see how it was made behind the scenes stuff. Oh sure. There's yeah. a lot in it that's really good. Yeah. Um for the record, I like the crow more. It's <laughs> for anyone who's curious about my opinion on the crow. Um I robot's a weird one. I think we'll we'll do that eventually on this show, so I'll just save my opinion on that. But Okay. But it's a more mainstream film, but it's also not trying to do as lofty things, so it maybe benefits for what it is. I don't mm. know. We'll I read the book. Oh, oh. <laughs> Isaac Asimov book, but I don't think it's the same thing. We have us <laughs> as an intellectual on the show. <laughs> so I will give yep, the spoiler I'm warnings. Up here at my ivory tower. Yeah, well, well, I will give a spoiler warning so we can talk about the plot finally and talk about everything that goes on in the movie. Good. Yeah. So full spoilers for Dark City. Um So what is the movie? The, the the movie is the big twist towards the end is that they're actually on an alien ship, right? This this city is on an alien ship, and the aliens are dying, and they are basically experimenting on the humans. It's kind of symbolically set up in a couple of ways at the start of the movie. There's the obvious one where it's uh the rat in the maze at, at the doctor's place. Yeah. And then the other one that I thought was kind of like wink wink was uh, the goldfish where he he smashes the bowl and he has to put the fish in the the water. Mm-hmm. That, that that's kind of it, his his plot in the movie. Oh. The, oh okay. The goldfish. I didn't, I didn't even think make that connection. The gold the goldfish <laughs> is in a little you know these little, little traditional goldfish bowl and then it smashes yeah. and it goes into a bigger ocean. But that that's kind of his plot throughout the movie. He's he's trapped in this city and then he his mind opens up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense now. I didn't make that connection. I just thought it was there as a device for William Hurt's character to be like, why would he do that? Why would he save this goldfish if he was a serial killer? Sometimes you get to kill two birds with one stone. Although I, I did think like, why, why is he going to put the goldfish in the soapy bath water? Like it was opaque soapy. <laughs> is that better than no water at all? I don't know. <laughs> Like, Good is question. it just a slower, torturous death? <laughs> Maybe he's an idiot. That's fine. I mean, he doesn't know any better. It's true. He doesn't even know who he is. He doesn't. Uh, but he finds a dead body, like a dead woman, a prostitute in, in the hotel room. And But the big thing we find out, though, is that every night at midnight, the, the strangers, they're called, the aliens, uh, they basically reshape the world, kind of Inception style, where they use their telepathy to like change buildings around. They change roles. So one person who is the the, the clerk at the the hotel is now this news agent, and so mm-hmm. on. Uh, they, they, and it, basically, what they're trying to do is they're trying to like figure out what makes humans so special and find the human soul. Like, is it just about the memories we have? So they're testing us with different memories, or is it something more like in depth than that? Um, and our main character, John, has developed their ability to tune, which is their telepathic thing that lets them move things around and have control over the world. So he's, he's kind of a chosen one. So we're getting kind of Matrix there with, with Neo. Yeah. You know, because uh, the idea that obviously in the Matrix is that Neo eventually can, can control the Matrix, which he's not supposed to be able to do. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, there's no reason in this movie why he does have that ability. It, That's, that is an issue I have. Mm. That he's just 
uh, Sutherland says he's uh, what's the character's name for the doctor? Uh, Schreiber. Doctor Schreiber says that maybe he just mutated, he evolved, but evolution doesn't really work that way. So it's I don't so, know. It's a little like Waterworld. Just the guy has gills, so he can live in this world all of a sudden. It, I mean, it's a movie, so I mean, I'll go. I mean, that's the X Men, right? Every few millennia, evolution leaps forward. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Just go with it, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, it is weird how much it over explains everything else, and then the fact that he is this way, there is like nothing to it. <laughs> yeah, just... that is my biggest problem with the movie is just the explanation because we get it so early and so many times it gets reinforced when I really would have loved just figuring it out with Murdoch. You know, yeah. it would have been so much more impactful if, you know, we saw the world change as he did. Yeah, because I think the uh, the strangers say it when you see the lair under the city, like they, they mention it like in the first like 15 minutes <laughs> that it can tune. It seems like yeah. it can tune. And that the memories are implanted, you know... <laughs> It's such a shame that they just didn't trust the audience. Yeah, because that's the thing they're doing is like he he's woken up and he's not he woke up when he was supposed to be asleep at midnight because everyone everyone falls asleep so they can go around and change people and do whatever and he he was never actually serial killer. That's, that's kind of one of the big twists of the movie is that this is just an implanted memory from this day. Like you know like and his wife Jennifer Connelly, she's only been his his wife this time. Like you know it's not really his wife. Not you know not before this. Right. They've all been swapping around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She thinks they've been together for four years. Yeah, been and, married for four years. And yeah. there's a there's a hint in that scene when she's talking to Detective William Hart. Uh, that's that's right, Detective William Hart. That's what I'm going with. Um, yes. Because he, he notes that she's playing with her rings if she's not used to wearing it, even though she's been married for four years. And it's kind of a hint that okay, in her mind she's been married for four years, but physically, not so much. Yeah, you'd get used to that ring after that time. Yeah. So. And that's, that's, that stuff's all fine. And the big twist, because he keeps talking about Myrtle Beach, and this is actually one of the biggest things I, I dislike. Shell about. Beach. Oh, sorry, Shell Beach. What's Myrtle Beach? Uh, I think it's in North Carolina. That's a real place? No. Okay. It is a real place. I don't okay. really know where it is. But Shell Beach. He keeps thinking about Shell Beach, and he wants to go to Shell Beach. That's where he thinks he grew up. And I think my problem with the Shell Beach stuff throughout the movie is that as soon as he pulled that postcard out and he, he started talking about it and he was asking the cab driver where it is and he couldn't think of it, it just mm-hmm. it, it became like a really obvious, like, there's going to be a twist about what Shell Beach actually is. You know, like, it had that feeling, like, immediately. that. Sh- yeah. To, to actually, And again, I don't think the Shell Beach... Well, it could be because I've already seen the movie before, but the Shell Beach reveal where it wasn't actually there mm-hmm. wasn't that big of a surprise. at that point it would have been great if we saw it with with murdoch i guess we didn't know that they were in space until then yeah that that was the big that was the real surprise is they're in space um i I, I guess who i'd compare it to and this came later i'm not saying this is guilty of of doing this I'm, i'm just using this terminology to describe how this felt immediately was the cake is a lie as soon as he looked at that postcard i said the cake is and i obviously i remembered it wasn't real from the previous time i saw it but I just it has that feeling to it. The cake is a lie, where I'm like, yeah, which which can work, but oftentimes I'm just like, okay, I get it. He keeps dreaming of but this place. I mean, he had the memory of Shell Beach, and if we didn't already know at that point that memories were implanted, it would have been a cool reveal. Except, 
we already kind of knew at that point. Yeah, we know memories can't be trusted like very quickly. So like, yeah, we, we don't trust his memory. We don't trust any of it. Yeah, so so that's kind of weird. And there's no daylight. You know, he asks questions like when when was the last time you saw daylight and like really really saw it like do you remember yesterday not like a distant memory um yeah i i did like um i did like the lab rat comparison you mm. know the whole the spiral thing it's a little on the nose but i liked it still and uh, that the whole city that they live in is basically a big spiral and uh like even the the shots, like the way things were filmed, it's all very long, narrow corridors, mm-hmm. like all the time, and that's kind of like a lab rat maze. Yeah, even the the police station set is a long kind of room. It's not just like a, right. a square or whatever. It's like a really long, sort of almost wide hallway kind of look to it. Um, yeah. So, there's, yeah. No, there's, there's a ton of thoughts went to this, the the set design. There's a ton of thoughts went to the the look of the movie. Like all that stuff's great. Um, it's it's funny because actually the, the the five minutes I watched the making of the director said uh, that he always the complaint he always hears is that it's all stale and no substance and he thinks that's bullshit because if Ayrton there's too much substance and I actually agree with him I agree with that statement yeah. I actually think there's too much presented to us uh, too quickly and it it, it all mm-hmm. kind of feels a little bit hollow because of that I never really get drawn into the mystery or I'll never like well, what's really going on here because oh, I, I but already... there is a great mystery that's written in there they just yeah tell you it before murdoch knows it and it's unfortunate yeah and when i compare it to 2001 um so one of the things that happens towards the end is that the doctor does want to actually help uh murdoch you know break out of the aliens control and fix everything like you know you're the chosen one now you can save us all from this captivity kind of thing he basically he gives him this syringe that says this is this will unlock everything you need to know, and it's actually just another set of fake memories. But what he's done is he's put himself into his memories, teaching him how to use his abilities, so that when he's it's take- a little matrixy too. Yeah, it's actually yeah, it's, it's just an injected and like getting the, the skills. It's like I need to fly a helicopter. Yeah. Okay, done. Like it's kind of that. Just give you the memories of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I was cool with that because I was like, okay, this is a fine twist. This is a fine kind of way to like get him to like. But keep in mind at this point, he's, I think at this point he'd already kind of moved the building at one point, <laughs> so it kind of it didn't feel like he needed that much help. Um, right. Because I will say I did like the splat because one of the the strangers gets trapped in the fire escape when the buildings are like closing in together, and you just get the yeah. splat when it when he pops. It's great. Of a good splat. Uh, but so so he gets up and it becomes this like generic superhero fight between him and the main stranger where they're flying through the air at each other and th- you know telekinetically yep. throwing daggers at each other and we get a sky beam. We get a sky beam. The beam of blue light. <laughs> I hate it so much. Uh, so so we get we get all this stuff and he he eventually wins. But the the reason why I'm comparing this in a loose way to 2001 in a sense is. The whole idea of this is that basically Sutherland or uh, the Dr. Schreiber is showing him um, that he is kind of a godlike being, but the ultimate resolution is there is no godlike. So, because 2001 is all about unlocking the next step of humanity, right? And yes. in this maze, this is their world, and he's unlocking the next step of humanity, but the, the ultimate lesson is, is that. It can't be about having a godlike figure who controls everything. He he's he's not really a godlike figure. He's just kind of been given the power to to do it, uh, and then mm-hmm. lets everything else kind of fall naturally. And I, I think that's kind of the ending where 
his wife is now this Anna, this new character, and just ep- ends up at the beach where he is, and it kind of happens naturally kind of thing, right? Right. So I, I assume this means he's not going to tell other people about the world that they live in, that it's false? I don't think so. I think he's he's, he's brought out the sun. He's made an ocean. He just wants yep. to maybe have a happy existence. Except William Hurt, who's now floating in space because he, he, he fell out the hole. <laughs> yeah. It was a cool shot, though. I like seeing yeah. the whole um, spaceship from, from space. No, no, it looked good. And you, you got this clear sense there was like a force field around it, and that's why it was like okay mm-hmm. for a while. You know, that's, that's why there was no suction or anything like that, or, you know, instant And I death. did like that William Hurt's character was sort of figuring things out on his own because he, even though he's never been a detective before this, he actually was pretty good detective. Yeah, I almost want like I almost wish they went into this a little bit. Like, who were they originally, uh, or like if he is good as a detective, like where does what do those skills come from? What was he before? Yeah, you know, if not for real, when because the impl- I, I, there's kind of a contradiction here, an implication. Like at one point, I think it implies they were all taken from like Earth, but then there's another moment where I think it implies they were all kind of like just genetically grown here. Okay, well that would make more sense than why he's different. Like why Murdoch is different and able to have these abilities all of a sudden, as if it, he was designed in some way. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe he through them tinkering, they kind of accidentally made this this character who can fight back and you know yeah. use all these abilities. Um, I mean, it is kind of a neat like look at humanity into humanity, like who who we are, what makes us who we are. Is it just our memories, or because one of the things they test him in the beginning is he's put in this place of a serial killer to see if he could do it. And he even goes and finds another prostitute just to see if that's someone that's him. I, 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 I wish it spent more time on this. I, I really do. I, I, I wish it spent time on him actually yeah. like thinking he might be able to. And then like, I don't know. I feel like there's so much more drama that you could get from this. Yeah. I, I agree. It, it didn't hold up as well as I was hoping it would. Because <laughs> I remember really enjoying it, but to be honest, I kind of forgot about the whole superhero ending. That's because it's the most forgettable part, even though it's meant to be the big climax and meant to be the big moment where he ascends and uh-huh. kind of thing. It's this idea that, like, by putting like himself into his memories, he's like he, he essentially is making him a chosen one through memory even though it's all fake it's all fabricated but it's just yeah. it's just for the purpose of doing it and it's the idea that humans make their own god right humans make their own kind of world and rules and uh, that that's how it should function and i like the point that it's making like i like these ideas like this idea that he he's been given the the, the idea that he's a super a, a superhero a serial killer right and he actually uh-huh. tries to try and like sort of tempt himself into it to see if that's really who he is that that's a whole movie i would watch a whole two-hour movie about a character doing this and maybe the twist ending just is that no 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 they just made him think he's a serial killer and like that, yeah that, it's like a three-minute scene <laughs> yeah like I, I could watch a whole movie about that premise and it, it is like, yeah you're right it's like a three-minute scene and it's like no done his uh the the woman that he goes to see she was uh melissa george mm-hmm. who was on the hit television show Star Trek Discovery this season. She played Vina. Do you remember that character? Yeah, that was uh, on Talos Four, I believe, right? That's right. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? She I still reckon, looks good. 
I recognised <laughs> her actually in this. I was like, who is that? She looks familiar because she's a bit younger here than what I, I'm used to seeing her as. Uh, I saw her for the first time on Alias and I saw her in a couple of movies. I didn't actually recognise her on Star Trek because she's in makeup and whatnot. She's in the 60s makeup, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's Great another effort. face that you recognise. Yeah. Yep. Um, got my Star Trek in. You got your Star Trek in. <laughs> I have been challenged. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so, I, lo- I love so many of the ideas in this. And I, I just, I wish it kind of held back a little bit in how much it showed us of things. I don't want to see as much of the villains. I don't want to see as much. I don't want to be explained as much as it's explained. Did you like the villains? Like the design? I like the main guy, Mr. Hand. He was uh, creepy. The, the the main one who like injects some of uh, Murdoch's memories, or the the one who's the leader who fights right. in the end. Yeah, the main the one who injects himself okay. and gets murder- and becomes a serial killer because that's what the memories were. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he actually ends up killing the prostitute that the Murdoch didn't kill. Yes. Yeah. As, because he ejected himself, and they did mention that all the the bodies that they had were. We're just a host. They're all cadavers. They're all people who had already yeah, died. That that was the big uh, what the hell moment early on is that uh, one of them gets like decapitated kind of from behind. It's almost like a, a slice in the back of the yeah. head because this billboard falls down on him, uh, which is actually another good splat scene just for the record. But we get this like almost like electric looking jellyfish kind of coming out of his head. <laughs> that yeah, they're like really alien. Yeah, <laughs> looking. Which is cool. Like I, I like that. But that, that's like one of those things where I'm like. Why is this 15 minutes into the movie? There's, there's too much plot. <laughs> there's too many things. <laughs> yeah. I agree. It's a shame. Because, like, my favourite thing about this movie is how it looks in the atmosphere. But to to truly appreciate the atmosphere... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would want to, like, slow down and soak it in. And, like, if if we're going full noir, then let us go full noir. Yeah. The the pace is just so quick. And it, it didn't feel its runtime because of it. I thought it was actually a lot faster. Because um, mm. it's almost two hours. Yeah, yeah the director's cut's about an hour fifty, yeah. Um Yeah. I I, I hate I hate that I've been kinda uh negative almost because you know, there's things I like about it that, that, but it's, it's frustrating because I see so much potential in this movie I see like a hundred different things I like and I yeah. wish that and I feel like any two or three of them could be a whole movie <laughs> the mistakes are just so glaring though they like, are. Just, like every time Kiefer Sutherland's on screen I, I know he's just going to make the movie worse <laughs> which is a shame because he's going to explain something that I don't want to know yet yeah <laughs> He's gonna deliver it in an odd way, um, but I do still like I do still like it overall. Like it, it didn't totally. I don't know. It didn't totally get ruined by watching it again. Yeah, and here's here's the thing. So so about forty fifty minutes into the movie, about halfway point, it goes to midnight for the first time, right? And we see people be changed around. We see like this working class couple. That's be- a really cool scene. Yeah, become really this like become this rich couple with a fancy like the, the the table gets really long because a fancy dining oh, hall. Be- before that though, when they're just like a I don't know a lower class couple, the ADR was really really bad. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I noticed that as well. It was really badly I, dubbed. The dubbing, yeah, it was really strange. It really took me out. But here's my thing, though. I, I wish that when that happened, it was a total what-the-hell moment because 
we'd already seen like a couple of characters be swapped around kind of we didn't see it happen but we saw the effects of it we saw like the guy at the hotel was repeating the same lines but it was a different person and i'm like yes i almost wish there was no hint i i, I wish that when this happened i was like what's going on here what's happening like yeah and, and maybe yeah. this would introduce the idea that his memories are being manipulated like cause, but by this point we've already had like several ideas of like memories not being taken of him waking up when he's supposed to be injected and i'm like i wish i didn't know any of that i, I wish this was the first thing that told us people are being swapped and changed yeah because we get that in the matrix the matrix starts off as a mystery you don't know what the heck's going on mm. and then once he takes the pill they're like here's the answer and then it becomes an, a different kind of movie but just does it so much better it's just funny i wasn't even thinking about the matrix i was watching and i'm not even intentionally wanting to reference the matrix here but we just keep kind of keep falling into it and i think that's a testament to just how kind of similar they are and and, and ideas yeah which is which is you know uh is what it is but i i it's a frustrating movie for me i wish i wish i loved this i really do i can see building blocks of things that i would love and and it just falls short and Almost all of them, just a little bit. Yeah. Feels a bit too mainstream and uh, beam a light in the sky. Yeah. The action movie at the end is not great. No. It's the, it's the worst part of the movie. Uh, and like you say, every time Kiefer, Kiefer Sullen shows up, I'm just... Because the, the scenes that interested me, the one you brought up earlier where he's in the interrogation room with William Hart and he's like, when's the last time you remember daytime? And... That was a good scene. That was a good scene, and I, I really like those questions and him like not being able to answer and getting kind of frustrated with himself because he can't answer. He can't like disprove this guy. He thinks he's a serial killer. That this isn't you know like he's he's just crazy. He's like no, I, I can't remember yeah. the last time it was daytime. Um, and, and and to its credit, I don't think it has any lines before that that implies it's never daytime. So no, that's the first time I thought about it was when he yeah. brings it up. Like oh yeah, we haven't seen daylight. It is a dark city. <laughs> the title wasn't a lie. <laughs> just Shell Beach. Just, just Shell Beach. The, yeah. Shell Beach, the cake. The cake and Shell Beach are the lies. Yep. Um, and it's not the only movie that's guilty of that. I remember. Did you ever see Oblivion with Tom Cruise? I did. The, the, I don't. I, I won't spoil it because we'll, I'm sure we'll review that at some point on the show. But, it's on our list. Yeah, but there's a early on in the film is that he's working with this other woman and their tour, as it were, before they go back to like wherever they, they live now, wherever humans live mm-hmm. now, is almost up. And I immediately turned to who I was with in the cinema, and I, I I almost never interact with who I'm with in the cinema. I like to be quiet and just focused on the movie. But when they were talking about, oh, it's only you know what two weeks until we're done, I turned to the person and went, "The cake is a lie," and I just turned back around <laughs> and just kept watching. And for the record. I was right. <laughs> Which, I mean, maybe you're supposed to kind of get that something's afoot and it's not, is, you know. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to make a movie. I'm sure it's hard to write just the right amount of information in a mm-hmm. script that the audience needs to know. It's definitely hard to make a science fiction movie because it's so easy to go off and like just be cheesy. Yeah, no, it, it totally is. I, I just, I just, I wish there was more restraint. I think that's my the word the key word I'd use here is I wish there was more restraint in almost every aspect. Yeah, I agree. All right, but I still is, think I like it a little bit more than you. That's fair. No, you probably you probably do. Like I don't dislike it. I don't hate it. Like there's a lot of good things in here, but that's what makes it a frustrating watch. Is is like I like this and this and this, and I wish it was I spend more time on those things. I wish it spent more time uh, with better pacing on those things. 
Um, is there any elements we've not talked about that you want to dive into? Um, Jennifer Conley and her message of love. Love is the answer. Love is the answer the whole time. <laughs> it's like Interstellar now. Okay. We got another Interstellar movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wish I cared more about her because the realization that she's not really his wife and she actually means nothing to him may actually be kind of a hard like thing to hear. I mean, actually, that that could be like a big moment, like dramatically, where he's like, "You're not really my wife. I don't care about you." Yeah. Instead, she it kinda, does seem. Yeah, it just kind of plays like... Well, um, she has the memories of someone who loved him for four years, so maybe hmm. she... And she has that guilt because of the memory that she was given. So maybe she just thinks he's been pushed into the deep end because of... Because she pushed him. I don't even necessarily think from her perspective, though. I'm just thinking from him admitting that and saying it, like... Yeah, this 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 love interest we've been told all movie is is the love of your life. Like The problem is, yeah. is that right the, from the first time he meets her, he can't remember her, so he doesn't care. It, it makes her kind of... He falls in love with her pretty fast. I mean, she is Jennifer Connelly. She's beautiful. But, like, <laughs> he breaks the glass in the prison so he can go in and kiss her because he loves her. And uh, that part, I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. It, it rings falls. I do, I do think that maybe he would, he would love her by the end of the movie. And when they set up that whole thing on the beach and he sees her on the pier and he wants to, you know, try something again, that I can buy. Yeah, the idea at the end, he's just like, you know what, like, yeah, we weren't a thing before, not really, but this is a first time meeting now. We're meeting for the first time. This is real now. Yeah. So, that, that, yeah, yeah, sure, let's, I'll join you. Let's go, let's go. Because she asks him, do you want to join me as I walk down to the beach? And he's like, yeah, sure. And it's just like, I, I wish, like, I, I think it's this weird thing where because he doesn't remember, he doesn't really care about it at first, and then they have to kind of make him care about her so it's really rushed. Well, he's also just, like, totally high-strung when he meets her, and she mm. says he's... You know, she's his wife. He's skeptical of everything at that point. So, I imagine you wouldn't even have a chance to really, <laughs> you know, there was a really fun let that sink of, in. There was a really fun bit of distortion there for one of your words. I was like, oh, Dark City's coming to swap Tara with someone else. <laughs> ne- next week, Tara's going to look completely different. <gasps> next week, I'll look like Connor. Oh God, <laughs> I'll be replaced. Ah. <laughs> uh. Never. <laughs> I got enough of Connor, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sure he has enough on his plate too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I wish I cared more about their relationship and I don't. And like, again, that's like a whole other angle here that that's it. Because I, I almost feel like him having amnesia is a bit of a trope that I actually don't feel like I need in the movie. Yeah, but it makes sense because every night I assume they get yeah. memories implanted. And he didn't get his that night. Yeah, like I, I, I'm almost just trying to like write a different movie in my head that I'd like more. But like, so keep keep the idea that they give him a serial killer, but they don't necessarily change his memories. They just add in the serial killer stuff, right? Uh, so he okay. does care about his wife, so that when he eventually says, "Wait, we're not actually married. That's not been real," like that actually means something because he's cared about her all movie. Instead, when okay. he says it, when she's been held at gunpoint or whatever towards the end, it's just kind of like. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I do like his acting, though. I think he's a really good actor, Rufus Sewell. Sewell, <laughs> I think I think that's how you say it. What's um, funny? The main thing I know him from, other than this, is I watched the first season of Man in the High Castle, and he's like a Nazi in that. <laughs> so I kept looking at him, going like, "You don't look great. You're not wearing the uniform." I'm surprised he wasn't a, a leading man in Hollywood after this movie. Yeah, well, this movie he's got bombed. the right look. He he was a good actor. 
Um, yeah. But he just kind of disappeared. The movie bombed, so I guess maybe that that hurt his. Uh, yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. He was an illusionist and Knight's Tale and. Yeah, but he's not a leading guy. Sure. Yeah, he's not. He's he's more the the villain. Uh, oh, he was in the Legend of Zorro, the sequel to the Mask of Zorro, which came like years later. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which I had forgot. The reason why I said that so weird is I'd, I'd forgotten it existed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know what else. Like I see him in things every now and then. I'm like, I think that's the guy from Dark City, and I'll look it up. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess he's doing these types of roles now. Yeah. Yeah. There's too much in the movie, I think. And there's so much of it that I like the idea of. I just wish they kind of stripped it down a little bit and focused on one or two things as opposed to doing everything yeah. they do. Um, uh, or at least stick to what they're doing, but just don't make it, don't explain as much. Let it be a bit more of a mystery and don't turn into a, 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 a shitty superhero movie in the yeah. last it's got that It's got that film noir thing going on. Should have just stuck with that and made it like a the stuck with the detective trying to figure things out and and this possible serial killer trying to figure out the, what world he's in because yeah. that is the most interesting stuff in the movie yeah and so slow down i'd almost take down the people hunting them like do you need them just just have it be about the detective chasing him and him kind of realizing where they are and then trying to convince the detective and have it be this kind of like him trying to convince someone else of this ridiculous yeah. truth that is unbelievable take out Take out Kiefer Sutherland. Take out Kiefer Sutherland. Maybe even take out Jennifer Connelly. Like I, I don't know if you need, need the character. Um, she doesn't drag it yeah, down. Yeah, I don't like, know. She doesn't drag it down like Sutherland does. But like, she I, doesn't. Uh, yeah. She, I guess she doesn't add a whole lot, but um, I do like their moment at the end. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff in there. Uh, one thing that's not in there though is vampires, like the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer. How dare you? I've already done that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. What's weird is, is you'll see this before that Twilight Zone goes up. But let's just say Tara So had... it's going to look like I ripped you off. Yeah. Tara had to reference Buffy because I referenced Star Trek. And <laughs> that was the lazy reference she made was, oh, there was no vampires in this. <laughs> <laughs> so now oh, it's going to look like I'm stealing your joke. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, First, you steal my Star Trek. <laughs> I steal my Buffy joke. You got a Star Trek reference in this. You, you got your, you got your moment. You're right. I did. You got a moment. Oh, Discovery doesn't sound as good as the other ones because there's, there's, there's less syllables or less words. Yeah. I could say the CBS All Access original Star Trek Discovery. Oh, you could, you could, you could say that. Because cause you say it like I do, and the, the original series really lends itself to the Vampire Slayer kind of part. You're right. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> that, that sounded more arrogant than I meant it. I didn't mean that would be an ego thing. <laughs> I know, I'm right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that, that kind of more or less wraps up the, the discussion um, on Dark City. Uh, I guess we have to rate it, so what are you giving it out of 10? Okay. Let's see. I do think it's a good movie. I, I do like the the overall themes that they're working with, like what makes somebody human. Um, I like the lab experiment. I like the look. Uh, I liked all the puzzles that I was allowed to figure out on my own. Um, but there are some pretty glaring flaws in it, which is unfortunate. Um, but overall, I still think it's a pretty decent science fiction movie that people should watch. So I'm going to give it a seven. 
which is lower than I would have rated it before I watched it. Just based on memory, I would have given it like a nine. So kind of disappointing, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like given what you said, like a seven doesn't sound that ridiculous based on what you said. But I'm just thinking back to last episode when you sounded probably just as positive, and then give it a four point five. So <laughs> oh, for altered states, for all states. Now altered states when it went when it went bizarre, it went really bizarre. Yeah. Although I guess this does two, but I'm I'm sticking with the seven because I fair. still think this looks better than Alter States. I'm going to blow your mind here. I think I liked Alter States more than Dark Side. <laughs> I think the weirdness of Alter States spoke to me a bit more, and it did let it be a mystery. It let it be kind of like here's some ideas and like some concepts and. You know, it's, we're going to leave it kind of open, and it, it did go a little bit too far. Obviously, the the last act did the whole thing. No spoilers for because you're not watching that episode, but um, I think I appreciated how the weirdness of that more than I like the weirdness of this. I think this is okay because this is pretty weird too. It is. I, I I think this one frustrates me more a little bit because it has probably better ideas than other states did, but it yeah. kind of for me whiffs on a lot of them. And I think I like the the mood of our states a bit more. Uh, this one's really moody. <laughs> it looks better. It's a, it's a visually more interesting looking film. Okay. But editing speed's an important thing, and this cuts like every two or three seconds, like you said, which really annoys me. Uh, like it's fine to do that in some scenes where the scene calls for it, but like I need it to slow down. I need it to slow down and let me soak in what's going on. Um, so, with that said, I'm not going too low, I'm going, like, I, you know, I, I gave, uh, Alter States, I gave that like a 7, 7.5, I think, I want to say. I can't remember. Something yeah, like mine was below the 50% mark, which yeah. is... Whereas Dark Side, I'm going to give it a 6. Um, I, th I think it is probably worth watching, making your own opinion up, because I know a lot of people do like this movie. Um, I think there's, there's enough visual things going on that it's worth seeing. Especially if you're nostalgic for how movies used to look in the nineties and stuff like that, when they were using miniatures more and they were using, but they did have some early CG that does not hold up. <laughs> so, but yeah, have a give a give a look see. But that is uh, that that is Dark City. We have wrapped up another episode, episode four, test subject four even. Mm -hmm. of the atomic atomic cinema experiment. Before we wrap up though, we did promise a a fun new segment at the end. And this will be something we'll have, probably have most weeks, but not necessarily every week. It'll depend if we had time or not to, to do it. But we did get together and watched uh, an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Because, the greatest show of all time. Because Tara is like a <laughs> super fan. And I've dabbled a little bit, but we got we got to talking about it and she started referencing episodes, like some of her favorites. And it was mm -hmm. like, hey, and it, it, this wasn't an idea for like anything to do for like shows or anything like that. It was just, oh, let's, let's watch an episode together. And then, then I said, well, we may as well talk about it a little bit at the end of the Ace, but we'll just make it a little segment that doesn't have to be here every week. Um, although I think Tower's already picked out the next one, so there probably will be one next week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we I watched... I have the list of the next 50, so, in my head. Did you just say <laughs> next 50? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. We're in for the long haul, so buckle up. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. Um... Rest of development reference. Okay. I need so, someone to get my mystery science theater jokes, uh, inside jokes, and I need that to be you, Peter. So we gotta book through these. We we watched one episode together so far, and we've already had like three running jokes because of that one episode. <laughs> Guess um, it was great. And 
And now that we're going to tell people about them, we can start doing them on the show. Because we couldn't do them beforehand. If if at one point in this episode I says, I couldn't have been noticed you're not having sex with me tonight. If I said that, that would have been weird <laughs> in <out> of context. <laughs> do you want to tell them what it's from? <laughs> it's from a movie called Werewolf. We watched an episode from a movie called Werewolf. Which is that I couldn't believe. See, when I looked this up to add it to my letterbox, because yes, follow me on letterbox. That will be eighty nine. Um, when I looked this up, this movie was from nineteen ninety five. This looks yeah. ancient. This looks like it came from like seventy four, and it. This was three years before Dark City. <laughs> <laughs> this this is a, it's a werewolf movie. Like the, the uncover a thing in Yanagachi. the desert. Yes. And once someone gets cut because it becomes a werewolf, and then our main character is this this writer who who comes to town and gets bit himself uh, because he's he's kind of dating or flirting with the one of the archaeologists. Is she an archaeologist? I guess that's what they are. <laughs> I was thinking she was supposed to be like a more. I guess she's an archaeologist. Yeah, I guess she is. Um, yeah, but. She, she she's this actress who was clearly not cast for her acting ability. Um, I think she comes from the same place that Tommy Wiseau comes from. They have a very similar accent. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, there's a famous clip from the film which Tara convincing me to watch this sent me a th- like a five second clip of her just going, "This is absolutely fascinating." <laughs> it's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, it's a werewolf movie, but the highlights. Like, so so, the, the the line I said there is basically she's talking to our main character, the 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 journalist guy. But the villain of the movie is her like kind of boss, who comes in and like sort of takes her away at a party and she sort of grabs her arm is is like and the 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 joke that the guys make is you know, you know I I couldn't help but notice you're not having sex with me tonight. Um, by the way, we should probably explain what Mister Science Theater is. Actually, this is the first time we're ever talking about this. I feel like some people might just not know what it is. Oh, okay. Sure. Well, it's, uh... not, not everyone's as old as we are. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so some people who watch our content are like like 19. Yeah. Well, it's a show from the 90s where people would watch old movies and then you would see the little silhouettes at the bottom mm-hmm. and they would uh, make fun of the film as you were watching it. So it's kind of like watching a movie with friends, except your friends are three of the funniest people in America, <laughs> yeah, during the nineties, yeah, and two I, of them are robots. Two of them are robots. There's like a main character who in the early episodes was science fiction, w- w- so it's appropriate for us. Exactly. So, because <laughs> because they shoot him into space, you see. Well, it's the first guy, Joel. He gets shot into space by the evil scientists, and then they make him watch bad movies with his robots. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little unclear. They're trying to find the worst movie ever made to destroy humanity. Yeah, I'm a little unclear exactly how Mike ends up on the on the satellite of love. Oh, you will find out. It's in an episode called Mitchell, one of my favorites. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, yeah, so it becomes this thing where evil villain dude uh, wants to be a werewolf and is constantly sexually harassed. Like, this is like, seriously, lady, go to HR. This guy is like in your face, complimenting you really inappropriately, touching you inappropriately. <laughs> constantly he's so angry all the time like the opening scene of him is that somebody digs up the skeleton of the werewolf and we don't really see what happens what kind of altercation happens but he immediately just starts punching everybody at the dig 
He does actually. You're right. He's angry all the time. He he punches uh, our main character, the, the 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 writer dude, almost out of nowhere. Which actually, because because isn't this how he gets infected? Actually, he, he, he takes the skeleton of or yeah. the the skull of the werewolf and smashes it against him. That's how so he I guess kind of yeah. like a bite. Uh, <laughs> a werewolf. So, but the highlights include. Uh, from this point on, um, when he transforms into a werewolf or main character, he he's actually in a car driving, and it's happening. No, this is a security guard. This is the test subject before. Oh, you're right. Paul gets it. You're right because because the villain like kind of intentionally because uh, he actually roofies the security guard. He 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 said, yeah. "Hey hey, you know Jimmy, whatever his name is. Do you want to come in and see this this skeleton we've got? It's kind of weird. It's kind of wolf like, but also man like. It's weird. It's going come inside. He's like, you do a good job, Jimmy. By the way, do you want a drink? And you see him look roofy the drink, and he, he knocks him out, and he you know he infects him with the werewolf thing. And the security car when he's driving home slowly turns into a werewolf to the point where he's a while full, he's driving. He's a full on <laughs> werewolf while he's still driving. And the be- <laughs> the best joke in the movie from from Mystery Science Theater, I shit you not, is. Mike, I think it's Mike just yells out, uh, an American werewolf in traffic. And that broke <laughs> me. The <laughs> There's so much of the dialogue that doesn't even need a joke, though, because it's yeah. just so ridiculous. And everybody in the movie is, I don't think anyone's actually American. I think they're all, like, they all have some accent that is well, not. No, 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 no. One of the Estevesis is in there. That's true. Yeah, Joe Estevez. He, he leaves the movie. Who's in after another the... episode of Mystery Science Theater called Soul Taker? That's really good. <laughs> I'm so excited because <laughs> he leaves the movie because they keep cracking jokes at the start about how he, like this character wants to stay in the movie. He's like, "Hey, I'm yeah. still in this movie. Don't leave me." Go home, Joe. <laughs> there are several characters though who just disappear after the first chunk. Another favorite scene: uh, the werewolf attacks this couple who are like you know making out in the car, and. <laughs> The, the the woman uh, sees the werewolf and starts screaming as the boyfriend's kind of in her neck, and she screams for like thirty seconds, and he's still just you know he's just necking away, he's just like kissing her neck. He's like I'm, he's really into it, and I'm like, is this is this? Does she normally scream this much when she's into it? Is that is that why you're not you, you don't think there's anything wrong? Like there's no danger here. Just, I'm just doing a good job. I'm just making her scream like a banshee. Yeah, this is uh this is when Paul, the main character, is transforming into a werewolf, but he's always like just half transformed he hasn't fully transformed mm-hmm. and he's just kind of like worming his way like he kind of falls onto all fours and just lays down in a puddle and is growling and like moving maybe a couple inches at a time and she's just screaming the whole time yeah. until eventually yeah she decides her best option is to leave the car and leave her boyfriend and to run yes and then <laughs> she falls the she is. falls down the same puddle five times you know, you know that horror movie trope where the girl's running from the killer and she like trips and it's like, oh, they always trip. She trips five times in the same puddle and uh, I've got a weird cat on the on the screen. Um, <laughs> so that, that, that stuff's gold. Also, it's a full moon like five nights in a row. Can we just talk about... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the moon that refuses, doggedly refuses is to wane. <laughs> because and here's the natural reference uh, in the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer it's set up that the wolf transform on the night before and after the filming as well so they actually have a, like a built in reason for it to be like multiple nights in a row yeah, yeah if only they had watched that show well it almost started in 1995 it was only another year and a half <laughs> and they could have watched uh, some Buffer the Vampire Slayer 
So uh, I know you don't like watching uh, TV shows out of order, and this is a season eight episode. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? I mean, I feel Does it lot, hurt? I feel a little bit dirty, but <laughs> t- t- Tara, you know, batted her eyes at me, said for me, and I just yeah, okay, I couldn't, I couldn't say no. <laughs> just said I don't want to start with with. No, it wasn't me. It was because I sent you that clip of the woman saying, this is absolutely fascinating. And you said, okay, I gotta watch this. <laughs> Someone batted their eyes at me. It may have been her. I don't know. Um, <laughs> she is a very attractive lady. <laughs> she, she kind of is. She's got this kind of... And I, I, I'm not going to... This is not, I'm not going to turn into like insulted or anything like that. But it just... She's kind of got this, this thing about her that's very... Like typical like like we think she's movie good looking but she has like no personality so she kind of is like it's hard to be enthusiastic about it yeah she looks like she's on she's like the woman on the back of the mud flaps (laughs) 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 on like a big rig she doesn't look like a real woman yeah the villain at one point (laughs) challenges her to a pool game and then she wipes the floor with them and there's like you know pocketing two balls at once and no pun intended um and like afterwards this big baker dude with a big beard with the cigars like oh i'll take you on now babe like, oh, my turn yeah <laughs> he's like he's just he's just excited with the pool he's just, he's just in there for the game of pool which by the way in this scene there's a random shot for like 30 seconds of a mural on the wall it just like looks at this mural and just pans this mural and it's not like it's not I like know. they're talking see if they were talking about the history of the town and then this mural was about the town's history like okay i could see what they were doing no no, no. middle of the pool yep. game mural this yep. big pan. They were just like, we have to use this in our movie. Yep. <laughs> when they saw it. Also, during that scene, uh, Paul is transforming into a werewolf while they're playing pool and nobody is even looking at him. <laughs> He's just sitting there in the corner, like sweating and twitching his face while like pews grow on him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They is get it... really dirty when they become werewolves. They just like get all muddy and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And then the movie basically ends with her like getting bit by him, right? Like they both become werewolves. Yeah, it's unclear how she became a werewolf. Uh, yeah. I think it's insinuating because at one point they made love. And wait, hold on. You call that scene making scene? love? Can we just talk about this? You call that scene making love? I mean, <laughs> that's what the movie was implying. The. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was that was just it wasn't even porn sex that that was something else that that was i i mean i could almost defend it and say they were going for animalistic like he he's like you know he's he's becoming one with his wolf self so he's but he's basically trying to drill a hole in her like i mean <laughs> i don't i don't know do, do you watch a different movie than me i don't remember them having sex yeah, I'm sure they had sex. There was a sex scene. There was uh, there was implied sex. I'm sure there was a sex scene. Am I, I think you of, watched another werewolf film. Am I thinking? After... Of, am I thinking of Altered States again? Am I just thinking William Hurt getting sway on the couch? You might be thinking of Altered States. <laughs> am I mixing up Altered States and Werewolf? To be fair, I mean, given where that movie goes, it's not an absurd comparison. You are not wrong. This um, might be the sequel. 
Yeah. Uh, also, I always enjoy when I, I I am about to crack a joke, but then the mystery science guys do it before I do. Because I at one point I almost yelled at Wonder Woman because he was doing. Because for some reason the villain to block the werewolf attacks was just going like this with his hands, as if that was going <laughs> to solve it. He does it like ten times. Um, so like Wonder Woman. Like, yeah. Uh, last favorite joke I want to mention is at the end and go up to his like attic apartment. She's like going up the stairs really slowly. And the guys are cracking jokes about how she's using all of her mental capacity to walk up the stairs. <laughs> and it gets to like the second last step and she hesitates and they're like, wait, should I, should I, should I? Yeah, well, and then, you know, she takes a step. It's, just, yes. it's one of those things where it's not funny to tell it later, but it's just the timing with the scene just made it hilarious. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites. And I've seen a lot of them, so highly recommend yeah we're going on this journey oh boy uh so <laughs> i hope you enjoyed your bonus segment at the end uh the the atomic cinema experiment uh oh what's the supplemental 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 that's their like science that. theater 3000 <laughs> <laughs> i think when i suggested the name for this show i think the word experiment uh was what sold tara on <laughs> because she's a big fan of mystery science theater not that, that says experiment but they're doing an experiment it's kind of in the yeah, yeah. It's in the the style of it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, it was a quality film. It was, it was like a solid like, two out of ten, but entertaining two out of ten. <laughs> I don't know if I can rate the movie because, am I if I'm rating it as a mystery science theater episode, it's a ten out of ten. <laughs> but if you're rating it as a, as if a I'm movie, rating movie. the movie. I think I don't know if I can even watch just the bare bones of the film without hearing the jokes in my head at this point. That's true. That's true. That's fair. So would that make it more entertaining? It might. It might. Now, I'll, I'll try and be objective and give them honest ratings. As, right. as, as I'll go. give it a, a three out of ten. Also, we never mentioned the villain's hair changed in almost every scene. And yeah, he's got like six different haircuts. What's What's impressive about it though? He's, he's got short dark hair. It's not like he's got like like you know dreadlocks in one scene and like you know like a buzz cut in the next one it's like he has the same kind of roughly short dark hair but it's just a different style every single scene it's, it's kind of in color yeah oh yeah it's, it's like gray for like 10 minutes not at the end <laughs> yeah. either it's not like he's getting older throughout the movie and it's gray at the end it's, it's, it's gray for like a chunk in the middle mm-hmm. <laughs> okay it's great hopefully yeah. you've enjoyed this bonus <laughs> section of the ace which should hopefully be here on a weekly basis and if we miss a couple of weeks here or there don't worry about it but uh, we're going to keep doing this mainly out of fun, and mm-hmm. because Tara said we had to. So, um, and if Peter has time, <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, I, I've been wanting to have a reason to watch a lot of Mystery Science Theater for a long time. Um, this is as good a reason as any. You know, I'm on board. In the not too distant future, next Sunday. <laughs> the, the, the song's really catchy guys just youtube the, the intro music you'll you'll be singing it for the rest of the day um but yeah so that will finally bring an end though to to the atomic cinema experiment uh test subject number four that was that was dark city that is firefly on camera firefly firefly Go on, do it. sniff my finger sniff my finger cat can't so do it when- oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just had to prod him a little bit. That's a good boy. You're a good firefly. You're a good puss puss. Yes. 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 Let's wrap this up. Yeah. Sorry, I'm too busy playing with my 
<laughs> Pussy on camera. Um, so Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's getting late. My jokes are getting worse. Um, okay, that has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Thank you very much for joining the show. Uh, let us know what you think of Dark City. And if you've happened to have seen Werewolf, also tell us how you feel about that in the uh, the comments Please. below. Uh, you can like and subscribe to support us. You can also support us in other ways. Tara, how can people support us? You can go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash TV. You can donate as little as a dollar and with that dollar you get bonus episodes of the ace starting in may and you get um our episodes a week early um so you can do that you can support us that way you can also go to our store which i don't know the address to but you can find the links below Mm, and get merchandise I, I don't know the, the links either. I just say to get the links in the description. There's, there's US and UK stores from Spreadshirt, and you can get an Ace, Ace T-shirt if you want one, or any other male fuzz uh, merchandise that you should wish. Um, I try my best to distract her. I, I, I like try to make her mess up when she's doing the uh, <laughs> doing the, the plugging. He loves now. to sabotage his own show. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, I love to sabotage you. There is a difference. <laughs> for the for the show, it makes it entertaining. There's there's humor in it. Um, mm-hmm. everybody I, loves long pauses of silence on a podcast <laughs> hey if they're timed right they're, they're great great <laughs> if I can make you buckle do well. <laughs> if I can make you buckle then the show has been successful so that has that has been us and for the record if I don't find my Buffy reference somewhere in the middle I'm just going to use your name at the end to do it so just you know <laughs> great Looking forward to it. Because <laughs> if you didn't know, there's a that character called Tara on the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Show. I did know that. Yeah. I remember that part. So, uh, that has been us. That has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment, episode four. Thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. It has been a longer show, but I think they enjoy a longer show. Uh, so, we'll see you again next week. And did we tell you what movie we're doing next week? Because I had to edit something. High Life is the movie we're doing next week. Yes, High Life's a newer movie. Uh, you can check that out. I'm not sure. I had to do a quick edit there, and I don't know where we, we cut off from. So, yes, High Life's the movie we're doing next week. A uh, newer film starring Robert Pattinson. Um, you can look forward to that. But that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. We love you loads. Keep watching sci-fi movies and computer. Add salsa. Yum, yum. Yum.